Hi, I'm Amanda McClooney. And I'm April Klimkevich, and this is Her Step Forward, where we share stories from women who step up, step out, and step forward into careers and lives they love. Lauren Popish is founder of The Wave Podcasting, which aims to help women tell their unique stories through podcasting. The Wave offers education resources, event-based community, and recording studio space exclusively for women. Their first women-only recording studio opened in Los Angeles in February 2020. Lauren's passion for creating spaces that inspire comfort and confidence comes from her 10-year career in commercial interior design and real estate. When she isn't helping other women create podcasts, she hosts her own podcast, Book Wine Club. Welcome, Lauren. We're so excited that you're here joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Couldn't be happier to be here. Yay. Yes. Thank you for being here. And we know that you're all about the creation of podcasts and making that accessible for women. So can you tell us what sparked this business idea for you? Absolutely. I. It's a very personal story that I've gotten more comfortable telling over time. About four years ago, I was in the, a different role as a salesperson at a real estate tech company and was giving a very routine presentation at work. And in the middle of this presentation, I, I had a panic attack. I uh, hyperventilated. I had to leave the room and, and come back in and finish the presentation. But it was the first time that I had ever had a experience like that and an experience that showed me how scary speaking could be. Speaking was this thing that had come so naturally to me. I was in theater when I was young. I, I felt it was one of my best skills. But I went from being an extremely confident speaker to developing a, a phobia of public speaking, debilitating fear that I brought into work. I had to leave my job in sales. I just, I couldn't go on sales calls. And it was the first time that I was able to empathize with all of these people who are afraid of speaking up, it was also a realization that when you're afraid to speak up, you lose so much influence with your friends, with your family, and most importantly, your career. If you're not raising your hand in that meeting, if you're not signing up or volunteering to go speak at a conference or speak on a panel, your brand suffers and someone else steps up in your place. It's not like that opportunity goes away someone else grabs it and you, you know, in some ways, your vision, your ideas, your point of view stays stagnant and, and stays within you. It was a realization that so many people are afraid of public speaking, 75% of the population. And the majority of those people are women. I mean, in addition to it being just a scary experience, women have been conditioned to really question what they say more than men, right? So is what you're saying valuable? Is it going to be more harshly critiqued? That culture has made women question if they should say something or not. And in that process of trying to regain my confidence, going to therapy to try and do exposure therapy to like get my confidence back in speaking... I started a podcast and I found it was one of the few ways that I was able to build a bit of confidence about my voice. It's 
hard to start. It's hard to hear yourself uh, recorded back. But that process of showing up again and again in a safe environment, talking with friends and people I respected, I found that I was being encouraged and gaining confidence in my ability to facilitate conversation. I was being more thoughtful about my, my words and eventually, you know, gaining enough confidence to stand up and speak in other contexts. It was from that that I wanted to create a really safe space for women to not only come in and podcast, but build their muscles in speaking, almost like a, a gym for your health and wellness. I wanted to create a space where you could help women exercise their confidence in speaking. And in the same breath, in the same exercise, diversify the podcasting landscape because they're just the the podcasts that are available in the world right now, they're not representative of our population. It's not 50% women and 50% men who are creating podcasts. It's really a non-diverse place. So I wanted to make the podcasting world more representative of the people who are out there while helping women gain that confidence to speak up. Lauren, thank you so much for sharing that personal story with us. It's oftentimes it's not easy to share some of the the things that allow us to grow and allow us to move forward. And I think of one of my favorite career theorists who says that we actively master what we passively suffer. So what personally we don't have control over, what personally we feel is something that we, you know, like that panic attack, like, oh my gosh, I I couldn't control that moment. And then what do we want to do? We want to create an opportunity where nobody has to suffer through that like we did. And that's exactly what you've done. And that is very, very cool. Exactly. Exactly. I love that that you also shared this very personal story and and what your goal is, Lauren, with, you know, focusing on podcasting now, because like you mentioned, it's a great way to to practice. I mean, I know from my own personal experience, probably the hardest class, not intellectually, but the scariest, hardest class for me in college was public speaking. It's something I've always struggled with. I've, you know, tried to do some activities here and there or take opportunities for public speaking. And just as you mentioned, like you have to keep practicing and flexing that muscle. And, you know, here April and I are, recording our third season. And, you know, I think I look back at those first few episodes and I can tell a huge difference in myself, but it's still a, you know, something that's ongoing and I'm improving all the time. So it's really nice to, like you mentioned, have a platform and a place where we can get out there and, and continue practicing those skills. I love that. That's such a perfect anecdote. I think it's so true. It, it's what I tell podcasters all the time, which is, don't delay to start. The, the act of doing something will teach you in the process. Start the, your podcast, get better over time, but do it sooner. Get better sooner by starting sooner. But I think you're exactly right when you said that um, it is something you have to practice and it is so hard to forget. We look at confident speakers and think, wow, they just woke up that way. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. Dinner party who are just telling these great stories where you're just like, I wish I could capture in a bottle their 
charisma and their ability to speak off the cuff. But every professional speaker that we know and love, we were just talking before the recording about, you know, the royal family, the American royal family, the Obamas. And (laughs) (laughs) did Barack Obama just come out with the ability to speak to an entire country of people? Absolutely not. He practices. He has people help him. He's been coached. Everyone we see who we respect for their skills practice at it and put the time into it. And it's just, it's, um, it's human nature to think someone is an overnight success or think that everything comes naturally. That's, that's part of the unrealistic expectations that we try and break down for podcasters as well. I love that's a focus that you have. And so looking at that a little closer, I'm curious, Lauren, what are some of the practical and emotional ways that you support women who want to record a podcast and then actually taking this step forward and recording that podcast? Yeah, we we try and tackle starting a podcast on two fronts. Before we started the company, I went out and interviewed a ton of women. April was one of those women who I interviewed in that process uh, to find out what was the hardest part about starting your podcast? What were the limitations or the barriers? What did you learn? What did you wish you had more of? This this kind of user research to start our company because we wanted to solve problems that other companies weren't solving or that had been missed maybe in creating a podcasting company. And we found these two areas of focus. One was technical. So I don't know about mics. I don't know. I'm not a techie person. I don't know how to do this. I don't even know where to begin. And then another group that I would categorize is emotional limitations. I'm not a good speaker. Maybe I don't have something important to say. What if people don't like what I have to say? I hate the sound of my voice, imposter syndrome type stuff. And so we've taken those into two categories and tried to tackle both with equal intensity and and intention. So on the one hand, we provide space and educational resources for starting a podcast. Our dream vision was to have a, a studio starting in Los Angeles where women could come. The space was built or optimized for women, which I'm I'm like a true feminist. So I'm like, what's a space optimized for women? Like <laughs> any space. By that, I just mean that it is maximum. We've done research and interviewed enough women to know what will make them the most comfortable and therefore the most confident. That includes seating and furniture that are um, in this size or scaled to uh, the average woman's height. We know that women get cold often or they have, um, you know, temperature is important to them for feeling comfortable. We provide blankets. We keep the space at a slightly higher temperature. We provide things like chapstick. We provide things like wine, uh, anything that's going to make someone feel more comfortable. And the dream was to you know, put these spaces all over. Well, COVID happened and women, we launched in at the very end of February and pretty much immediately we found that people couldn't or didn't want to come to the space. And obviously we didn't want people to come to the space because we we want to take care of our, our members and our users. So we had to very quickly pivot our primary value offering, which was space, to digital. How do you create a podcast from home? What is the equipment you need? What are the the resources? So we are just, I was, I was 
just saying, uh, bragging that I'm so pleased we finished our guide, our, our big ebook, our big course on on how to start a podcast just yesterday. It's taken that long to write, but it's an end-to-end guide that now women can can purchase and and begin the process and the journey of starting a podcast from home. So those are the kind of resources that we're building. We will open the studio again, but right now we're really focused on on digital resources and helping people do this at home. On the flip side, we we also care a lot about the breaking down the emotional barriers to starting a podcast. And that means normalizing fear, anxiety, and uncertainty. It's not saying you shouldn't have it. It's not saying here's how to overcome it or get rid of anxiety. I would love that. I'm look if the if the pill exists, I'll take it. <laughs> don't have the cure. Um, instead, we're we're helping women understand that these feelings are normal. There's a thing about fear and anxiety that is isolating that makes you feel like, wow, uh, I'm the only person who has this emotion. If I'm feeling anxious about starting a podcast, I must not be cut out for it. And that is completely false. Anxiety, you know, and and fear promotes false and unrealistic ideas. So we just normalize that through thought leadership. We interview podcasters and we publish their their personal stories about how they felt anxious and fearful when starting. We provide things like voice meditations so that we can help women begin to become more comfortable hearing their own voice. I have no idea where this started, where like women were told to hate the sound of their voice so much. I mean, things like vocal fry and all these weird concepts that were made made up to make us feel insecure have have penetrated us because uh, penetrated our minds because every female podcaster I talk to hates her voice. And I, I, I just, I, there's nothing more unique to a person than her handwriting, her fingerprint and her, and her voice, right? It's so authentic. Can we not learn to love the things that make us unique? And so we have things like meditations where you're trying to begin to become more comfortable with your voice, see your voice as, you know, built from someone who's had a lot of unique life experiences and has a story to tell. So on the one side, technical resources, both space and guides and courses. And on the other side, thought leadership, normalizing fear and anxiety, breaking down imposter syndrome and helping women start sooner and be a little bit more kind to themselves as they start an uncertain process. Wow. I I love the focus on safety that your business has on physical safety because you were supposed to be an actual physical space, but you realized that that just can't happen right now because of COVID-19, but also on emotional safety. And I think being a woman in a man's world and, you know, the, the world of jobs is really a man's world built by men and women have later entered into it. It's so beautiful that there are some things that are built just for women. That's very cool. So I'm curious, what are some of the things, Lauren, that help you know you're doing what you're supposed to be doing with your life? This is the million dollar question. I was looking at just like, whoa, <laughs> like I, um, it's taken me a long time to figure that out. 
but I actually feel confident that I do know the answer, probably for the first time in my life. I'm someone who is a jack of all trades, who's curious about everything. If you were to ask my friends, they'd be like, oh, Lauren's starting another company, another <laughs> built another website. We'll see where, where this goes. I am curious about everything. I'm one of those people who I, I had to accept a long time ago that I would never have one true calling. But what I've had to learn from all of these different pursuits, these businesses, these hobbies, is that purpose and driving purpose from your work is the only way that you can have longevity in a job or a pursuit because every job and pursuit has difficult times. There's stuff you don't want to do. You can love your company and hate accounting. You can love your company and hate writing you know, dozens of content articles about things like hosting companies. But the purpose, if strong enough, makes all of the hard stuff, all of the annoying stuff worthwhile. And with every single pursuit that I did prior to the wave, I didn't have that, that purpose. And therefore, one day I would wake up and say, I'm tired. It's not worth it to me to build this travel app for millennials who want Instagrammable travel. Like, what is the point? I, I don't want to do that. It's not worth it for me to, you know, do this IV hydration company. I mean, these are all things that I found interesting that I was curious about that were profitable, like whatever the reason that I pursued it, the core was missing, which is purpose. Will that thing get you up every single day when you don't want to get up knowing that what you're doing is worthwhile. And with the wave, I never, even during the hardest times where I've said, wow, I just sunk the majority of my finances and my investment into a physical space that no one can, can use. Every day I still woke up and said, not what a bummer that failed, but I guess I just, it's another day to figure out how to, how to help women find their voices in a different way than I originally thought. And it's incredible because despite having a different business model now, the purpose remains the same. The, the, the goal never changed. And that's how I know the kind of, A, the, the purpose is, is true, is that it's kind of remained the foundation despite uncertainty and, and changes in the business. But it's also that thing that keeps me driving forward, even in the hardest times. Purpose is the way that I know I'm spending all my time and that I'm doing the right thing with my life for right now. That's a great illustration, Lauren, of something that I share with clients all the time, which is if you choose a career based on interests alone, your interests can change. But if you choose a career based on your values, then you're always going to find another path to support those values because you carry them with you throughout your life. And so I absolutely love this example. I'm putting it in my pocket. (laughs) (laughs) But um, it's, it's just such a great illustration of, you know, when we're only thinking about interests, we either have too many of them that we can't decide which one to follow or I can't even think of one. What am I even interested in? But if we go back to our core and back to who we are and back to our values and how we want to influence creating a better world, then we'll always come out with the right answer. So I I love that. 
I completely agree, but I, I have to be honest, it's taken me 30 years to figure it out. That's <laughs> <laughs> but... okay. It, it takes time. I mean, this is something, you know, April and I have talked about with some of the other awesome women that we've been able to interview here. You set out and you go to college and you think maybe you're going to pursue one path. And then, like you said, like you, you have to be able to wake up every day and still be excited to go do it. And it takes time to figure that out. And I feel like there are so many people who realize that, uh, you know, at all different ages. So, um, the, you know, the most important thing is that you have figured it out now and you're on that path of no matter what is challenging, like you said, you still get up and you still put one foot out there in front of the other and you're, and you're doing it. And so on that note, I'm kind of curious if you can talk to us a little more about like those most difficult times along the way and and getting to where you are now. Yeah. The company is fairly new. So in terms of difficult moments with this particular pursuit, I mean, I've aired every single one of them out. (laughs) (laughs) Fear of public speaking, like all of, all of these things that, that led to, to this point. But I will say probably a big challenge for me, even prior to building this company and prior to, um, you know, I've, I've worked in a, I've had worked in a job that wasn't my own, you know, worked at a company that, that wasn't my own. I think we all, most of us start there. Um, and there is, I think for me, a, a big hurdle was some of this imposter syndrome, some of this confidence to say, I want to be a founder and I'm allowed to call myself a founder when I make a company, like filling out my LinkedIn profile was just like the most intense thing. I was like, are people gonna, is this even fair to say like, yeah, I have a company and yes, I founded it, but like, am I a founder? Do I think of my, am I really the CEO? Like, even though I actually quite literally am, um, even to admit that to myself, even to put it down on paper and say, you know, when someone asks you what they, what you do to say, yeah, I have a company. I'm the founder of it. I run it and I'm really proud of it, man. Why is it so hard for, for us to, to brag about ourselves and, and, um, you know, be happy when we've succeeded or, or I guess, call, call our success by, by what it is, call it by a name and say, yeah, I am a founder. So imposter syndrome was a a big one coming out of the gates. I, you can have a great idea and have never learned about things like finances, things like accounting, things like (laughs) how to price your, your services and products. But it's just like, it's almost identical to the process of starting a podcast. A podcast in some ways is a mini company, especially if you want to drive revenue from it, if you want to monetize it. Everybody, if you've never done it before, of course it's it's unknown. And, you know, nobody comes out of the womb a born CEO, right? You have to learn it eventually. Every person who's founded a company had to learn it along the way. So in some ways, being kind to myself it's the same things we tell our podcasters every lesson I've had to learn, I guess that, that transition from a person with an idea to a founder and a proud founder is, is probably one of the biggest things I had to to learn along the way and a big hurdle for me. I'm still learning it by the way. 
I wanted to say, Lauren, that, you know, I'm so glad that you hit on imposter syndrome because that's something April and I have talked about amongst ourselves. It's something that, you know, like so many of the other topics that we've had here, it seems like imposter syndrome could be something that affects women more often than men. So I love that you mentioned that. And I think also that it ties into that emotional support side of things that you mentioned that you're trying to accomplish with the wave. And it's, it's hard to put yourself out there. You know, we live in a world where your people are so eager to criticize and they don't think twice about doing it. And so for you to stick your neck out there and, and say, yes, like, Hey, I'm the founder, I'm the CEO. And this is something I'm so proud of. That's a huge accomplishment. So kudos to you. Thank you. (laughs) I appreciate that. Yeah, we obviously are teaching. We're teaching from a place. This is like talking about values. We're teaching from a place, leading from a place of vulnerability. So when we help women overcome fear and imposter syndrome and anxiety, it is coming from a place of acknowledging we also overcome those things and we do it together. Again, it's not about fixing it. We're saying no one should ever feel imposter syndrome, although what a beautiful world that would be. <laughs> it's not about saying you shouldn't have it. It's about saying it's normal and we, we have to act in spite of those feelings. So I lead through vulnerability. I lead through saying I also don't know what I'm doing, but let's figure it out together. It's been one of the biggest, probably my biggest realize about myself and my leadership style, which is that I need to be able to say that I don't have all the answers and have people join me and try and learn with me. I I don't even want to say like, follow me, like leading versus following. Come on the journey with me and figure it out together. That is powerful. And I feel like we have really talked about so much difficult stuff during this conversation And yet it doesn't feel heavy and it doesn't feel overwhelming and it doesn't feel like, oh my gosh, like, wow, all this stuff is really hard. It feels like, like we're all in this together and like we've all been in these places at one time or another and that it's just this thing that, you know, women do, right? We, we know it's going to be hard. So we band together, we lift each other up, we support each other and take steps forward together. And so I feel like it's a great microcosm of what Amanda and I, our hope is for this podcast. So that's, that's really, really cool. And I guess just considering that we're all human, <laughs> life sometimes isn't easy. I'm curious what you do outside of work to maintain your center. Yeah, I'm I'm deaf. I promise I'm gonna light it up and not <laughs> <laughs> you are good. You are all good. Uh these people are like, does she even does she even enjoy anything? <laughs> Listen, if you're offering wine at your workspace, I'm not worried about you. <laughs> yeah, you're fine. <laughs> well, you know, since you mentioned it, I I have a, a podcast called Book Wine Club. And so something I do outside of work or um, a hobby, I guess, of mine is I love reading. And I've also developed a real passion for natural wine. And we pair the books with our, our wine on the podcast. But, but reading specifically, getting lost in a book, it's kind of something I discovered 
or refound in my life, like as an adult. And I sometimes come across other people who haven't read for themselves or read recreationally since like um, high school where it's like, oh, my favorite book is Catcher in the Rye. And it's like, is that because that's the only book you read? Like, <laughs> read a good book since because there is so much good writing out there and getting lost in a book to me is like one of the most indulgent, like biggest pleasures of life. So I both listen to audiobooks and I read physical books and I read a lot of fiction. I thought I was like only the nonfiction gal. I was like, you know, if I'm going to be reading, I'm also going to be learning and I'm going to be productive. No, I, I pretty much read fiction exclusively now and just love it. I love getting lost. That's, that's really how I enjoy my time off when I'm not doing normal human stuff. Like I swear I have friends, I have family, I am social. <laughs> I love going to restaurants. <laughs> I can. Like I do all that stuff too. But as the thing that's just mine, reading and, and kind of nerding out over books is the thing that is mine. And it is the way I love to spend my time when I'm not working or being a normal social human. You've inspired me, Lauren. I'm glad that you uh, mentioned that because it has been a long time since I've read for fun. And like you said, fiction is the best way to just do your own thing. And lately I feel like all that I've read for the last few years has been either work focused or now that I'm back in school, it's school focused. So you've, you've inspired me. I need to go pick up a good fiction book and just tune out the world for a little while. <laughs> I'm not sure what you're into, but I can send a couple, like my top five reads from the last three years that will just take you away. That oh, you cannot leave us hanging. You have to share them. <laughs> <laughs> share them live. If you, if you could think of maybe your top one or some, some book that like you just loved so much. Um, absolutely. I'm going to, as we're speaking, I'm pulling up Goodreads because... <laughs> I'm like a big tracker person with Goodreads. Um, I would say one of the books that just completely transformed me and sucked me in was a book called Homegoing. It's, I have to look up the spelling of the author's name. I'm going to completely butcher it. It's Yah, Y-A-A-G-Y-A-S-I. I'm so glad that you're making this recommendation and I love the idea of finding a new book that I might never have heard of before. So I'm really yes. excited. <laughs> and in fact, like I'm obs for some reason, like my favorite books uh, in the last three years have been written by Nigerian authors. Another one is uh, uh, Americana, which was like the New York book club book. It, both of them, you know, in this time where we need to continue to like raise up the voices of our black fellow citizens and our black women, right? Our, our, our women out there who are struggling from all the same things that we try and overcome through the wave, right? Lack of diversity, lack of voices being heard. If you want to go support some incredible authors, these are, there's, there's just so much great writing out there. And these are some good ones. And I'm, I'm seeing here that Homegoing is the author is uh, was actually born in Ghana and not Nigeria, so I should clarify that. But these these are excellent books that will transport you and and also help you 
you know, support our, our fellow ladies out there. I love that. And Amanda and I are big proponents of Black Lives Matter and raising the voices of our Black sisters and our Black brothers as well. And I thank you for those recommendations. That's wonderful. Send them over so we can... can Yes, send them over. And what we can do, Lauren, is when we post the blog for your episode, we can maybe even add in a couple more links um, for anyone in the audience who's interested in checking out some of the books you have to recommend. Love it. Well, Lauren, you have been such a joy and a pleasure to speak with today. And as we're wrapping up, I'd like to know what's the best piece of advice for women who are looking to take their next step forward? Yes. I, I'm going to give two because we've, we've covered one, but it's worth repeating. The other is a mantra that I have to say to myself all the time, progress over perfection, push forward, try something new, go out and start your, your goal, make the first steps. Don't let the fear of it has to be perfect before I release it. I have to be an expert before I talk about it. Don't let that nature to perfect stop you from making progress. As we said at the top of this episode, with podcasting as an example, starting a podcast or something new has a certain amount of uncertainty to it, but the act of doing can be the teacher. You will inevitably get better over time as you do the thing. Don't wait to be great first. Start and let the act of doing it make you great as you go along. The second thing I'll say is related to some of the uncertainty and fear that we've talked so much about on this episode, which is having anxiety or fear or imposter syndrome, that feeling does not mean that you are unfit or does not represent a lack of ability to achieve success because you have that feeling. Having feelings, especially negative ones when doing something new, is completely human nature. It is totally natural and normal. The important thing is to act in spite of these feelings. You will find that anyone in the world who's done something hard, who has done something difficult, challenging for the first time has also had those feelings. It's just important to act anyway. Don't don't feel bad that you're feeling anxious or fearful. That doesn't mean that you're unfit to do it. It just means that you have to act anyway. And that's where actual genuine confidence comes from, doing something in spite of the fear that you have to do it. So those are my two pieces of advice. I say them as advice to others, but also it's advice that I give myself practically daily. Oh my gosh, this advice reminds me so much of this quote that I go back to all the time from Elizabeth Gilbert, the author of Eat, Pray, Love. But I I don't remember where this quote is from exactly, but she, and I'm going to paraphrase it (laughs) because I'm bad at memorizing. But the idea is that like we're on a family car trip, right? And all of the things that we feel are in the car with us. They're part of us, right? Like our joy, our fear, all of these things. And she's speaking directly to fear. And she's saying like, I see you. I know you're here, but you're in the back seat. You're not driving. And no, you can't even touch the radio. So (laughs) (laughs) it's not 
right to pretend that we're not afraid or to pretend that we don't experience the feelings that we experience. But I think that the brave thing that you're doing, Lauren, is saying, no, these things are real. These things are a part of our lives and we're not ignoring them, but we're all going to acknowledge what's there and they're not going to rule our lives. We're going to act anyway. So that's very, very cool. Yes, exactly. Every every time I get up to have a speaking opportunity, man, that's a, a thing that I have to remind myself of frequently. Mm. <laughs> Beautiful advice. Thank you both so much for having me. This was such a treat. Well, thank you so much, Lauren. And with that, we want to say thanks to everyone for joining us today. As always, we're looking forward to sharing more stories soon. In the meantime, check us out at herstepforward.com or follow us on Instagram at herstepforward for all the latest updates. If you'd like to reach out to us, shoot us a message on Instagram or email us at info at herstepforward.com. See you next time.